Welcome to our session on changing landscape of cancer care delivery. This is part of a campaign Cancer Care Matters launched on National Cancer Awareness Day on November 7th in association with GE Healthcare. We have with us Dr. Shivaji Chattopadhyay, Chief Operating Officer, Cancer Centers of America, and Mr. Raghavendra Rao, Chief Commercial Officer, GE Healthcare South Asia. So, welcome to the session. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, let's start with Dr. Shivaji. So, Dr. Shivaji, you have a extensive track record and uh, working in the healthcare industry in both multi-speciality hospital chains and international cancer care chains for several years. So, to start with, can you describe your views on the healthcare landscape and how it has been changing? Yeah. So, Anuradha, it's a very important question that when we are talking about any awareness, any scenario in healthcare, in the last two decades, I personally has observed that there has been a huge uh, transition in the perspective of how healthcare is given is changing. Now, what I call it as a healthcare shift. Now, if you remember previously, the entire healthcare providing network was concentrating around the major metros in the country. And slowly what happened, one primary shift which I see is healthcare slowly moving into tier two and now into tier three cities. That's one. Number two is there has been a lot of consolidation of healthcare practice happening in the country. There are a lot of benefits associated with when this when I speak about consolidation, because we share resources, we learn from each other, and we share the benefit. That's the number second, which I've observed in this last two decades. And thirdly, and most importantly, which is evolving now in the last decade, is single specialty networks are taking a lot of prominence in the country. Now, historically, if you have seen that there were only few entities in the country which were treating patients in the single specialty platform. So these are the three primary changes I have seen in my experience over the last two decades, which is happening in the country. Yeah, those are wonderful points and quite positive ones, because like you're saying, accessibility, first of all, is increasing. But we also know that there's a lot of uh, technological advancement when it comes to cancer care and delivery. And uh, Mr. Rao, I mean, this is a question for you since you work in this field as well. So cancer is, again, a very complex area. And uh, early diagnosis is key to, you know, beginning early treatment and finding a cure and helping the patient also manage the disease very well. So how is this access, you know, to technology and uh, being uh, addressed by the health ecosystem in your experience when it comes to the private initiative as well as the government? Yeah, thanks, uh, Anuradha. I think it's quite pertinent given the fact that the cancer incidence in the country is galloping quite fast. And uh, today, as a matter of fact, probably there are close to about 15 lakh plus patients who are suffering with cancer patients. And, you know, the incidence has only increased because of the spread of more diagnostic centers and, uh, you know, multi-speciality slash single speciality facilities in the country. The prominent factor for accessibility is technology adoption. And technology adoption is in many ways a function of the overall investments that, you know, the healthcare facilities, both in private and government, need to make. So what we have done, which is a strong reason for improved accessibility versus what it was few years back, 
is the introduction of a new product by name DIQ, Discovery IQ. Sometimes back, uh, these products were available at a cost lot higher than to the tune of 30-40% than what they are today. And a product that is affordable has driven technology adoption. And in many ways, technology adoption has improved accessibility as well for patients. So, you know, this is something that, you know, as a technology provider, we have been able to do well, which has been one big driver for improved accessibility. Having said that, I think what we need to get to is miles away from uh, where we are. And uh, two uh, big stakeholders who can play a, a key role is institutions like CCA and uh, government institutions. Still, you know, we are a population which has most of our healthcare expenses paid out of the pocket. And uh, this would only change with more facilities being set up in government institutions because, you know, that's one big reason for affordability to go down for patients who need cancer treatment. And uh, the initiatives that government needs to take are multi-pronged in nature. One, they will have to, in apex regional cancer centers, they need to have a comprehensive portfolio of technologies to ensure that people get care through the entire pathway of uh, cancer treatment. That's one. Number two, in places where they are unable to invest for reasons of reasons that all of us know, they will have to press the pedal on public-private partnerships. Now to your uh, last portion of the question in terms of you know what we need to do in the private segment. I think private segment has done quite a bit of both awareness and investments in uh, cancer treatment and in oncology uh, uh, specialty specifically. If not for private, I think many of these facilities that we see today and look up to for treatment would not have been possible. While having said that, I think the speed at which the private uh, healthcare facilities can expand is something that all of us have to leverage. In my view, private segment private healthcare facilities and specialty oncology facilities should look more towards tier two and tier three and the expertise that they have built over last many years is something that they can put to uh, use quite effectively by uh, embarking on initiatives that are around education plus best practice sharing with their alliances that they have and also a mini hub and spoke model between their own networks so that you know the best of the treatment is made available and uh, more years are added to patients you know who are actually going through this journey of cancer treatment thank you mr rao you've touched on several very interesting points and some of which we will revisit during the conversation but importantly there's a big gap in healthcare access you know when it comes to tier 2 and tier 3 cities between let's say urban india and rural india so, Dr. Shibaji, how, you know, since you have a unique position as a clinician, as well as, you know, you're a successful hospital administrator and uh, for more than two decades, as you mentioned. So, uh, what do you think the healthcare segment is doing to bridge this gap? So, rather one thing is I see Indian healthcare not between urban and rural because what I feel that uh, the entire healthcare in India is one as a whole. And the reason why that gap has happened is somehow because of access. And access doesn't mean only the geographical access. Access also means the access to good clinicians who will drive that program and also access to modern living. But many times we see talents and everything get attracted to a place which has evolved more. 
So I feel that the major metros have already evolved and now there is a healthcare shift happening and uh, healthcare is slowly moving into tier two, tier three cities. Now, what do we do like healthcare organization like us trying to solve it is we are trying to establish our cancer centers near to the patient because Cancer is a very, what you call it, an unique uh, clinical condition and it requires prolonged treatment, a lot of hand-holding, a lot of softer sites. So we are trying to take what usually patients would have got in the metros to cities, which is near to their home, which is far more accessible by them, and at a price which is substantially less if a patient has to travel crisscross states or crisscross the country to a center of excellence in the major metros. So in one line, I will try to say that we are trying to create center of excellences in tier two and tier three cities. That's what we are trying because tier one population already has the privilege of access to center of excellence. So that's what we are trying to bridge the gap. Secondly, to create a center of excellence, definitely three things is most important required. One is infrastructure, which as a private entity, we are putting in. Secondly, technology, where we have companies like G, the Linac manufacturers, correct, who are coming forward and helping us in, in bridging this uh, gap. Like, as I said, the Discovery IQ series, we are taking these machines to tie two, tie three cities, which was more like a dream impossible around a couple of years back. And thirdly is to shift clinicians. It's a reverse migration of clinicians happening from major metros to tier three cities. If we have all these three verticals into place and with a vision of a management which feels we can give honest healthcare, and you will see Anuradha in maybe a couple of years, there will be center of excellences coming up in small tier two and even tier three cities. That's a wonderful point. And you're saying just it's, this is just a couple of years away, what was yeah. you know considered an impossible yeah. dream. Yeah, it's only a couple of years away because Mr. Rao is here. And if you see the statistics, the quantum of technology that is being installed is far more into tier two and tier three cities because that's where actually the need is there and patients really need it. They have to move it. And healthcare is, is shifting. And uh, that's why also, why AIMS also moved out of Delhi into tier two cities, because government also feels that center of excellences will slowly come up in tier two, tier three cities, because there is education of people are increasing. They know what to ask from a healthcare provider and with technological support and infrastructure is increasing and clinical talents, which predominantly wanted to settle down in major metros, as I said, lifestyle index, what we call it, is slowly increasing in tier two, tier three cities. So it is helping providers like us to attract the clinical talent back near to their roots. In a couple of years, you will see more of institutes in this tier two, tier three cities getting the level of center of excellences and doing extremely great clinical work, which usually around a decade back was only available in centers in the big metros. That's what I feel and I believe. Okay, that's great because as you said, instead of the patient and the family coming to bigger cities for treatment, and which means lack of access, affordability, travel costs, etc. Now you're taking healthcare to the patient itself in their hometown. Yes, yes. And uh, I think a lot of people during the pandemic also we saw they were rediscovering their hometowns, you know, staying at home again. 
So I think if with all these things, you know, combined, if people can stay in their hometowns and there are better opportunities and it attracts more talent, then I think it's good news for healthcare as well. This is the first time we have seen reverse migration happening and healthcare has seen this healthcare shift a few years back. So healthcare is slowly moving back to tier two and tier three cities. That's really good to know. And uh, Mr. Rao, over to you. Do you think, you know, we're talking so much about cancer care and accessibility, etc. And a lot of what you're seeing is actually new for us. So do you think enough attention is being paid to oncology and cancer care? And uh, what are your recommendations in this regard? Thanks, Anuradha. I think it's very pertinent when we look at the overall actions that, you know, all stakeholders in this ecosystem need to make to make an impact in onco, uh, you know, treatment for this population in the country. Attentions and actions have to go hand in hand. Yes, there has been an improved attention in comparison to what it was few years back. So let me give you a little bit of a statistic. One of uh, the key technology in onco treatment from our perspective is a PET-C. Till about 2015, the country had close to about 70 PET scanners in the country, 7,200, I would say. But in the last five years, this number has galloped to about 175 to 200. So, you know, the growth at which technology is being adopted is a function of attention that, you know, stakeholders are giving to this treatment, to this hospitality. But beyond this, there is a lot of distance that, you know, all of us need to jointly cover. And let me explain why that is important. The rate at which the incidence is increasing versus the rate at which the infrastructure and uh, the specialty hospitals are being set up, there is a disconnect. Until unless the setup of infrastructure along with the technology is faster or at the same pace as with the incidence of disease, we would not probably be at a point where we can say enough attention has been given. There are multiple people who need to come together to ensure due attention is given to this particular disease area. Government definitely has a big role to play here. It's not just looking at, you know, setting up facilities, but to Dr. Shivaji's point, I think they should look at ways to improve quality, skilled manpower that is needed in these specialty uh, hospitals so that, you know, you have technology, but at the same time, you also have people who are equipped to utilize this technology and deliver service to patients. So government should definitely look at accelerating education initiatives and also incentivizing people to work in those areas in this specialty. So that's one big you know, recommendation that I would call for. The second one, uh, which is very pertinent uh, and uh, you know, I would probably even to the point it's called to action, is how can we accelerate public-private partnerships coupled with quality private healthcare facilities going into more of tier two and tier three. Today we have done little bit of that, but it's step in the right direction. Is it enough? Definitely not, but it needs to be a lot more. And for us to get to a realistic estimate of what that could be, I think we will have to kind of prime tier two and tier three and tier four markets and assess what's really the potential that exists. And many of these are well documented. Just to name a few, you know, Northeastern states, Kerala, Karnataka, I think these are top of the charts in terms of cancer incidence. And, you know, we know which locations have oncology facilities and which do not have. In many ways, you can actually create a heat map of the, the locations that an oncology facility needs to be set up. So, you know, it needs to be multi-pronged where both the healthcare facilities, the industry and the government needs to work hand in hand 
leveraging PPP and infrastructure support to ensure these facilities increase in tier 2 and tier 3 and hence improve the accessibility significantly. So till that point in time, you know, I would probably see the attention is there, but it's not where it needs to be. So, you know, just to sum it up, I think two very important things. Government needs to play a holistic role in terms of not just infrastructure built up, but also needs to look at getting quality skilled manpower into the network of oncology care, point number one. And point number two, what we are currently doing jointly between healthcare facilities and technology providers also needs to get a, a quantum jump in what they are currently doing by looking at the heat map of potential states and districts in the country which badly need healthcare facilities to be set up. Yes, I think that's a great call to action that wherever there's cancer incidents, especially in you know certain parts of the country, that's where we should at least ideally it should be all over the country. But let's start with that. Focus there. Dr. Shivaji, would you want to add to that? Anuradha, you started this question on a very right note that is much attention being given to Oncocare. It's, yes, it is to a certain extent. Focus has slowly started coming into it. Now, historically, what has happened is cancer care was always there in the country, but it was like a normal department in many of the leading multi-speciality chains in the country. There is a history that Oncocare was always slightly offbeat than the other multi-speciality. That's why we had the regional cancer centers being set up by government. We have Tata's doing Kidwai, RDR, GCRI in Gujarat. They were on the public stage doing great work in the cancer. Now, to understand that, yes, all the national big chains were having oncology as one of their departments. Now, Oncology care is slightly different than any other multi-speciality space because I have worked both in big national multi-speciality chains as now has been for the last few years, have been setting up cancer hospitals across the country. Now, there are two things. One, cancer, if you see, is considered in the clinical field a very cold branch. It's not an emergency branch. So, patients have options. Now, what does we mean by options? Options means both the team, the clinical team that is on the other side of the table has to dedicate a lot of time in cancer, number one. Number two, the major part of it is cancer is a very finance, high investment uh, speciality. So only specialized player or a specialized care providers who has that vision to create a national chain and move into that focus branch will always be able to give the best of care. Yes, the focus has started coming in and on both sides. It's part of the the need of the hour where people are also looking into single specialty care providers where they feel that, okay, it, I can get the best of care. In multi-speciality, it's like one of their normal departments under an umbrella. So the cancer patients, the families need a lot of personal touch. We single specialty chains like us who are only will work in the cancer domain is getting that focus. And in time to come, it is bound to happen because technology upgrade will take a lot of part. So I feel, yes, it slowly started getting that traction, but a lot needs to be done. And that's where Mr. Rao rightly said, yes, if we get a lot of handholding from the government side of it, this awareness will spread much faster and there will be, again, a lot of good center of excellences coming up in different parts of the country rather than some seven, eight 
standalone flagship cancer care big facilities spread across the country that's what i feel right no that's a good point and i think positive news here is like you said we need more focus but it's already there even though it's time and money intensive single specialty centers are already coming up and uh, yes. we just need many more of those yes we do so we were also talking about awareness when it comes to you know the general public because once these hospitals are there they need to go there and get their, themselves checked you know even if there's a symptom they need to recognize it and uh, not even that i think when it comes to accessing care for a cancer patient one is left with a lot of questions and a lot of advice coming in from many quarters so is there a checklist that you would suggest for you know a family member or a patient when they're looking for cancer treatment which hospital what doctor what tests okay so usually what has happened now a lot of checklists and everything is available in google so i usually feel that yes patients are much more educated but coming back to the mainstream like what they should look is centers which are into organ specific cancer care which will slowly take the center space in cancer care now what does i mean so usually chains or groups like us whose total focus is into cancer care providing across the country we evolve something known as an organ specific care methodology so there are doctors will only focus into lung care or lung cancer there will be people who are totally dedicated into the gastro onco segment maybe the gynec onco segment the breast cancer segment now yes it is not possible that all the specialists to be honest enough is available in every center but since centers which operate on a tumor board methodology the resources are shared and there are cross references which happen between the centers of the similar group now for example in my center in punjab there might be a very good oncologist who is evolving himself in predominantly into the lung cancer space now there might be a patient coming into a place in up maybe in gorakhpur who needs that type so with technology coming in with the electronic medical records coming in and everything and these doctors speak the reports speak and the best of care comes in so what patient should look into when they are going to any cancer care provider is that system having a mandated internal tumor board now tumor board is the best concept of treating cancer care where all the doctors related to cancer sit down decide on the basis of what stage the patient is in cancer and what is the best result outcome that will happen to the patient whether we will start with a chemotherapy followed by a radiation or a surgical intervention followed by radiation or vice versa that's one mandate and they should look into it and i think the best of institutes in the country private and government they do follow it secondly is then in western world already organ specific cancer care has evolved it's coming in india because we have a lot of clinicians who are available a lot of medical oncologists are coming uh, passing out from the centers so this is number 2 which is very important because that gives a very precise care mechanism and the third part of it is does the onco center always look into the palliative part of it so it's a very unique situation where we always talk about the preventive and the curative part of it but in cancer there is one part which left aside is the palliative part of it now it's unfortunate with whatever interventions we might not 
be able to cure each and every cancer patients. And fourthly, definitely, which needs to get mentioned is, does this centers upgrading their knowledge bank as well as the technology bank? These two are very, very important because cancer is one field where the world's maximum research is going on and both in the technology front as well as the pharmaceutical front. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Shivaji. I think this will prove very helpful for whoever's listening in. And um, also, as you said, it's very important to get a hospital which is updated on all the recent research and technological advancements and also has specialists who can sit down and you know decide the treatment plan. And in unfortunate cases, you know, also advise on palliative care if required. Yes. So, uh, Mr. Rao, we spoke earlier about, you know, technology and uh, in cancer care. And you mentioned the Discovery IQ. And we also know that GE Healthcare is very active in the precision health uh, space. So could you explain what that means exactly, you know, when you're talking about delivering precision health, personalized care for a patient? It's a broad area of topics that you have brought in uh, in this particular uh, question but let me try and break this up cancer treatment without technology is very rudimentary and i alluded to what we have been able to do from an access standpoint by bringing in a discovery iq product which otherwise would have costed 30 40 percent higher a few years back and which in many ways has improved technology adoption in tier 2 and tier 3 and even in metro cities to me, technology has to solve both affordability as well as quality. And hence, you know, the role of technology in modern cancer care is of immense importance. Point number one. Point number two is how are some of these technologies helping expand treatment options? So let me try and give you a view to how some of these can be accelerated even more. See, one of the basic input, uh, what you call sources that is needed for a PET scanner to work efficiently in the first place to even work to deliver what it is intended to is an isotope by name FPG. And this is actually uh, produced by an equipment by name cyclotron. And uh, the more the cyclotrons, the more is the ability to produce FPG and more FPG can be supplied to PET scanners and hence more PET scanners in the country. And these cyclotrons are capable of bringing in tracers, the new isotopes, though have little shelf life, shorter shelf life, have capability of bringing in more new tracers, which can help diagnose some of the new disease areas much better and provide that additional information in the hands of clinicians to help patients get better diagnosis than what was available otherwise. You are now coming to uh, the most important one, which is around precision care. See, precision care, I would kind of leave this at a high level. You know, precision in terms of your capability of imaging devices to spot a disease or a lesion in shortest possible time with uh, the lowest possible dose, because these are all X-ray emitting uh, equipment with the lowest possible dose is something that everybody would look for. And uh, the reason why I make this point is three big disease types that take most of the disease incidents in the country are head and neck, cervical and breast cancer. And just to give you a, a view, now your ability to spot something very early on is a function of how good the imaging technology is. If you have a lesion that is 1 mm in size, you may have probably devices that can't pick them. And hence, even if you have somebody who is going through the diagnostic tests, he may probably end up going out of the facility knowing that he's cancer-free. So hence, your ability and 
to have technology that can detect smaller lesions is extremely important. Similarly, in the shortest possible time so that you know you can have more and more patients get diagnosed and treated becomes easier. That's another important one. So that in terms of spotting the smallest lesions accurately and precisely is one big driving factor for improving cancer care through modern technology today. Now, having said that, there is another huge area that Dr. Shibaji and clinicians who work with in oncospeciality have to deal with, which is around treatment options. You have linear accelerator, which is a significantly big technology need in any oncology hospital. Your ability to spot the lesion and your ability to treat that particular lesion by through a LENAC becomes extremely important and hence how precise you can be with your devices is another area that brings in an element of precision care. Now, you come to personalized medicine. Personalized medicine is all about how effective are these devices in spotting a disease, looking at the makeup of your DNA, and then letting you know what diseases you would be prone to and uh, taking uh, proactive measures much before the onset of disease in itself in many ways becomes a personalized treatment. The last piece is something that you know we probably have to make a big step towards implementing is around personalized medicine. I think there are facilities in the country which are already on its way to uh, drive personalized medicine. But before we get there, I think there is a whole array of imaging devices plus treatment options that healthcare facilities need to adopt, which in my view would make a big impact in a very positive way for needy patients all across the country. Yes, and uh, what I find fascinating is that you also mentioned that um, you can also predict diseases in a person, right? What they could be prone to. Yeah, I think that is really marvelous. Yeah. And uh, so basically, it's early diagnosis, catching a lesion, which is even just one mm, and even predicting what could happen in the future. So, Dr. Shibaji, I mean, you have a vast and diverse experience in healthcare. So, how does this translate on ground, you know, when it comes to patients and as a doctor? So, yes, whatever Mr. Rao said is absolutely correct. Yeah, it is slowly translating to the ground. And being a clinician and with an administration background, I have the benefit of understanding the need from both sides of the table. I always say it should be seen as like whatever we do, it should be sustainable for for years to come. Technology into cancer care is evolving more and more. And in years to come, as Mr. Rao rightly said, cyclotron, I mentioned a point before a statement is we want to bring in more of PET CT so that we can diagnose more of people like the smallest of lesions and we can tell the patient, yes, this should be done and this how you can be cured. And trust me, one of the reasons why this technology of PET is so important is many times we miss out. Correct. And that is deadly. And when the patient comes back, it is at stage four and we feel helpless. Yes. So like if the cyclotron would be available in many more places and everything, maybe providers like us would be installing more of pets in our facilities, which will eventually benefit the patients. We will be able to create more of awareness. So I truly believe what Rao said and being a person from the ground, Yes, I personally will definitely invest in technology and that's what CCA has been doing, although we are now growing it into a pan-India chain. Yes, and uh, as you both pointed out, we need public-private partnership to increase the footprint for you know cancer care and healthcare across India. 
So I think we've covered a lot of ground here and very interesting facts you both brought to light. So any concluding comments? We'll start with uh, you, Mr. Rao. Yeah. So uh, Anurag, I think we are on a journey to improve the footprint of cancer care facilities in the country so that you know people have access to modern technology and have treatment options for them to successfully navigate through the care pathway as they go through the entire protocol of treatment. Now, having said that, this needs to be a multi-pronged approach. It cannot be one person who could probably do uh, everything that's needed. Now, it needs to be an equal effort from government, the private care providers like CCA and technology providers like GE Healthcare and you know, a few other companies who are in the oncology space coming jointly together to improve the overall footprint of care in the country. Now, a few things that we have done is enabling some of these healthcare providers make these plans a reality. So our partnerships with CCA, our partnership with Tata, and uh, you know our partnership with a few other oncology facilities in the country, and our engagements with government through PPP initiatives have done significant investments in this space and have improved accessibility for patients needing this. Now, for this to have a step function change. We'll have to embark on the direction that we have taken. I would probably say that it needs to be accelerated, accelerated with more infrastructure, which has technology and people competency in one basket, and uh, two, the government initiatives to ensure great hub and spoke model, OPP initiatives. And uh, the other equally important one is to ensure you have facilities like Cyclotron all across the country that can enable patients so that you know the diagnosis in care become that much more higher and hence accessibility, treatment options, getting people diagnosed at stage one and two versus three and four today becomes a reality. Right. Uh, Dr. Shivaji, any concluding comments from your end? Yeah. So this topic uh, of changing of landscaping care is, yes, you think one, definitely there is a change happening. Care providers are focusing more with partners like G and few of the people who are dedicatedly working into the cancer segment to bring in the best of technology in India. But I have few points. See, technology, care providers, they will be there. We will be working. But Working in cancer for so many years, Anuradha, one thing I would request, and since you represent the media house, I think we need your support even more at this junction. The reason behind it, in years to come, cancer will be one of the most predominant disease burden in the country. I'll not name the reason, but what I have been seeing, we will bring in technology, we might screen the patients, but the major population is not getting that awareness message. This disease will take center spot in few years to come. Why not we make that national cancer grid a reality, right? It was always a discussion topic. Many care providers started talking about it. And till date, the national cancer grid is taking shape. But to make it a reality, make the cancer awareness program across the country. So it will only be possible if we have media supporting this uh, program. So. That's my plead and a wish both. Absolutely. And it's a very sobering thought that cancer is going to take center stage. It's already a serious disease. But uh, I think uh, as uh, Mr. Rao also said, we need to accelerate our efforts in the right direction. And yes, it is a joint responsibility for all stakeholders to work in this direction. 
and i think our session today will also be a step in the right direction so thank yes. you so much dr shivaji mr rao for joining us today thank you anuradha and uh, thank you dr shivaji thank you anuradha thank you ji thank you indian express for conducting this type of seminars and as you rightly said we would looking forward to create more awareness thank, thank you. you thank you everybody